AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel Hello, welcome to episode 9, season 12 of the Fighting Cop Podcast. Today I'm joined by... Jack to trunk. What, what do you want to go with? It's the trunk. Isn't it? Either or, don't mind. You know. When are you going to grow out of that? No, never. It's a trap, isn't it? Growing up, I thought <laughs> that's what all the all the novelty cards say. <laughs> it's a trap. Never grow up. You're still in my phone as JTS. <laughs> hey, that's that's the real. If you know, if you know. Well, we just we were just when we were waiting. If you, for you know, to... if you know, I fucking butchered that. That's probably your dar, isn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> If you know, you know. What was it, what's it supposed to be? If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I said, um, if you know, if you know. <laughs> uh, I, was talking about, hell. I, was, I was talking to Ricky Jack the other day. Uh, the other day, we were talking about just before you came on. We've known each other 19 years. Yeah, a long time. We met each other in 2003 on a <laughs> message board. And uh, back when it wasn't cool, like meeting people on the internet back then weren't cool. We weren't allowed to. We'd meet up over Spurs. We wouldn't wouldn't tell we'd meet up as a group on mass it was maybe at times 15 people just blokes that had met on a message board and, and go spurs to with each other back then you, now it's fine you meet anyone on the internet it's completely normal but back then it were i didn't tell my brothers that you were internet mates nah, for about nah. seven years <laughs> proper weird because i it was I, well i remember the first time i met you two i think you two had met maybe a couple of times before but I remember the three of us, we all met up and went for like, I think a fry up in Crouch End. And we were all just sort of sat there quietly, like <laughs> eating it, not really talking. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, these are those two sort of people off the internet. What, is, like, what happens here? Am I going to get molested? Like, my girlfriend at the time used to call you like my sad internet mates. <laughs> she wasn't my... wrong, was she? Yeah. No, she wasn't wrong. She was absolutely right. And I, was, I asked Ricky, what's, the, what's your favourite memory of, of Jack? And he, what did you say? <laughs> when you ha- used to have the uh, little icons underneath your signature of the Space Raiders, Super Noodles. <laughs> and the Pokemon Gengar was my habit. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, great days. Dodgy days. Close to the line days, um, but, but great days. Luckily, um, none of the evidence exists. So uh, we're all fine. Shout out to Tim Abel as well. Tim Abel. He still listens to the podcast. Uh, yeah, Tim. Um, hope you're well, mate. Uh, right, fucking hell. I've, you know, we've lost one game of football. 
in the uh, actually, I'm gonna go straight. I'm gonna before we talk about Son and of the all the obvious conversations. The the reaction to our our loss to Lisbon, I think, is a little bit over the top, and I can't I can't understand it because I know what Twitter is and I know what football Twitter is and I know how reactive all fan bases are now and. You're online, to, so you're like an overextended or exaggerated per, a version of yourself. But it was exhausting listening. All of our players at certain times have been trending, and it's just fans moaning about every single part of it. And I got this tweet after asking for questions from Brother Love underscore 91. He says, no question, this is just a statement. We've lost once since April the 16th before Tuesday and have two league losses, three in total, since March 1st. Have a good day. Isn't that a much more positive way to look at it? Or, boys, is it is it a case of there is an issue and I'm willfully ignoring it, Jack? Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with it. I'm on the sort of same side of the fence as, as that guy, but it's uh, it's a bit creative, isn't it? He's sort of like neglecting the fact that it was summer in that time and that you know when you're doing stuff by dates i'm saying like it's kind of it's it's being constructive with the truth but i get it we haven't lost much we also didn't play european football in the tail end of last season and that's always kind of been the thing that people are worried about with conte mm. however losing one game of football happens right we're not used to losing i kind of feel like the reaction i think there's a couple of things at play right people are allowed to be kind of annoyed it's shit seeing Tottenham lose a game it just is it's shit seeing us lose friendlies pre-season ones even though we pretend like they don't matter it's just it's horrible seeing it's a part of football it is shit but it's a part of football you have to be able to cope with it and that's what I mean I think people are just kind of venting on that level also what's happening I think though is there's quite a bit of like confirmation bias at play like we've been hearing for the whole sort of top end of the season, this is unsustainable. The way Tottenham are playing, they're getting these results over the line. All this kind of like panic about it when I, I don't agree with that at all. I think we haven't looked that good going forwards. Like Son and Kane have not been on it really, even though Kane is still scoring goals. They haven't really clicked. So we don't look that kind of exciting going forwards, but we've been solid and we're winning games. We're objectively a great team. So... You know, yeah. I, I think people are just worried about this falling to pieces. Like Spooky's always going on about the fact we're not built for success. I kind of agree with that. Like when we're at this level punching for like the top things, it's scary. And every result is like filled with anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Like it's Yeah, it's, I understand you, that. We have to win every game, right? Yes. And and, and, and that is an that is an exhausting position to be for a Spurs fan. It's it's and and, and, and I can say that because I spoke to a Liverpool fan who is going through the mill currently because they've had years of success and suddenly he's genuinely starting to think maybe the cycle is over for, for Liverpool and maybe Mane was the player that, that, that elevated us and, and that while Salah is clearly well class Mane was perhaps underrated to some degree in terms of his influence on on how, how good Liverpool have been since he's he, he joined them or maybe the inhalers have stopped working uh, whatever it is he is feeling terrible about his football club the draw against Fulham at the start of the season he said he, he's never felt he can't remember the last time he felt as bad like losing a fight the, the Europa League final he said was his last time he felt as bad 
So there is a, there is a jeopardy about being at the top, but you, you, what are we going to do then? Or do we have to return to a mediocre club for everyone to just be happy? Rick, what, what, how are you feeling? How are you processing all of this? Uh, as you know me, badly. Ricky, out of everyone I've known, <laughs> is, it takes losses worse than anyone anyone i've known ever it's it's and the same hangovers you take hangovers worse than anyone i've, I've known as well d- d- that's just, true but um, just your little eyes i see your little eyes looking the slow blinks when something bad happens the the morning after your wedding when i was going back to the car and i was i was really hung over and i had this like banging headache and it, i just felt really ill but then I saw you and I chatted to you and I could see in your eyes that you were you were hurting and you never hurt. But it, oh, ga- it oh. gave me power, though. It gave it me strength. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, I, I, I was I, I don't I rarely in my life have been as hungover as I was after my wedding. But that's the way it's supposed to be, you know. But what I what I do is I pr- process it and understand it. It's a, it's cause and effect, isn't it? And it's the same same with, with with football. We're not we can't win every game. And I get that we're not playing that well, Rick. But what you know? Sorry, I so, cut you. What, what? No, there, so there's two two things for me. Um, the 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 quote that um, Conte said is, "If you can't win the game, don't lose it." So us conceding in like the ninetieth and ninety third minute, whatever it was, was the exact opposite of that. And we could have hung on in there, but there was a couple of lapses of concentration and they scored. They scored from a corner, which normally we defend really well. It's one of those things. Um, But their second goal was a a shit one to concede. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. And he just kind of like, he just strode through. Yeah, Arthur, (laughs) good old Arthur, strode through and then slotted it home. Um, So that was really disappointing. But... I don't think it's the where fans are kind of there. <laughs> it's this the the, the general <coughs> bubbling and undertones of that we haven't been playing that well. So when that result comes in, where it's like a sucker punch, where we've lost, mm. and it's in Europe, and it's to a team that you know a lot of people expected us to to beat at least not lose anyway. Mm. It's kind of brought everything up. It's like. I don't know. Yeah, if but what, you, didn't we if just you... beat Fulham convincingly, like two one? But we could have won five one. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was away in Europe. Again, you see that it's two, it's two one. We could have beat them convincingly, but it wasn't in the end. It was two one. Uh, the game against Forest, I think they had a lot of the play, and if they had better players, they would have stuck it on us. But we got the result. We're, we're grinding out the results without the performances, and for. A lot of people, that is the sign of a championship winning team where they just, they don't play well, but they win. So, like, you know, so why, like, is it for, why is it for Spurs a sign that it's all about to crumble? Because um, we have an expectation to play exciting football and it's it's very hard to get that balance of playing amazing, exciting football all the time and winning football matches because it just doesn't work like that. Uh, and I think for for Conte and what you know the the sound bites that he's given out of um, you know players playing with too much emotion, they need to be kind of like cold hearted in these situations and ruthless and just you know 
better man management of the game and stuff like that and controlling games and you know he's he's been there and he's done it and he's won championships but where we kind of um have fallen down in the past is that we're playing great football but then we, we don't get it over the line so what is it that we want do we want to be a team that is hard to beat really hard to beat and then grind out these results where we have like players like Kane and Son that will pop up with with a goal and win it for us. But then it kind of harks back to a bit like um, a touch of the Mourinho's where we were pretty defensive. I mean, we're not so much as the low block of Mourinho. Um, and you can see there are patterns to our attacking play under Conte and how he wants us to play. But um, is the, is it the manner and the way we're playing that people want to see? Now, People are going to swing wildly between um, playing really well or playing shit, and it, it, you know the kind of the the results in the meantime. As long as we're winning, people won't really question it. But then when we do lose, it's kind of like I don't know. Like if you're uh, if you're in a relationship and the person keeps doing these annoying things, and you let it slide because it's all right, and they you, they're your partner. But then they do that one thing and then everything comes out. You're like, yeah, and you haven't done this and you haven't done that. And da, 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 da. And it's like, it feels like there's been a lot bubbling under that Conte hasn't uh, used enough substitutions. He hasn't used spence. He hasn't adapted when we've had two in the middle and then the opposing team have put three of them. We're getting outplayed there. He hasn't done these things, but they're on the... They're kind of just just simmering at the moment because we haven't lost and you can't complain. But now we have lost and it was the manner in how we lost, which was more painful. I think these emotions are coming to the surface, really. Carl, we've got can, a question. Carl, sorry, go on. Go on, Jack. I was just going to say, can, I just wanted to put to you, lads, that like, you know, because it's funny, it's, it's not to take away from anything. It's like, I, I understand why people are pissed off out the back of this, but... I watched the Manchester City game the, the day after, right? And I saw them kind of get it over the line again. Another goal from Haaland. They've added what, you know, the best young player in the world to their team just because they can. They add defender. Every time their defence looks like it's starting to get a bit leaky, they just go and buy another £60 million defender. I'm not... I look at that. They won the other night. They got it over the line. We lost. I'm not jealous of them, though. I'm not jealous of what Manchester City do. I'm jealous of what Liverpool have done over the past few years. Those kind of like those moments of glory and those kind of glorious failures they've had along with that, because that feels more real. But I sort of I, I look at Spurs and it, it, it is annoying and it does wind me up. But like in terms of like the, the sort of catastrophic side behind it, isn't that sort of part of the fun? Do, do you doesn't that sort of make you feel more alive as a Spurs fan? I do. I do I d- yeah, yeah, it's like you. you the, so, Man City fans are like that bloke who has everything, but goes, you know, at the weekend has to go and visit a, a pretty young woman who's going to peg him. Do you know what I mean? Because he needs to feel something. Like when when Man City, when Man City uh, scored the other day, where they beat Bournemouth four 0 and there was just this, it almost like a polite applause after they'd scored their fourth goal. I wouldn't. I wouldn't swap what they've got for us for that, not for that. Like the the raw emotion, what we felt last year when we scored and when Bergwijn scored that brace in injury time against Leicester, 
was as good as any as 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 anything that Manchester City fans will ever feel in the future. Like it's done, it's done for them. Like they're not running around losing their minds if they beat Leicester in the last minute. They are just they're existing in this excellence, which after a while, the human condition means that you you get bored of it. I'd have a bit of it. I'd love a bit of it, though, Jack. That's the thing. Is I just want, I want it. I want. I want I mean, the taste of it, like Liverpool had that taste of it. You know. Yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool. What Liverpool have had is enviable because they didn't do it like Man City had done it. That that what they did with having an amazing coaching Klopp and and getting and getting over the line and winning Champions Leagues and winning the league. They've they've had what we are desperate for. And that's, I guess, where some of the criticisms of <clears throat> Daniel Levy comes in, because perhaps their their um, their their chairman or their owners acted in a different way that Daniel Levy might have done in the past. But I think we've given it a go this year. And and um, do you not think yeah. we've had a little taster of it in like the sixteen seventeen season, the season after that, the Champions League? Did win though? Did we? No, we didn't, but we and tasted it. all collapsed it. afterwards. Why didn't it collapse for Liverpool after they fucking got, <laughs> they lost the Champions League? What happened there it was they went strength to strength. The manager we've loved more than any other since Bill Nick, probably. He, he couldn't work out how to fix us, how to make us rebound. Um, and and I guess, I, I guess that's perhaps, maybe that's why people are so angry or exhausted about poor performances. It's because we came close to the glory and, and we didn't get it. And now we're kind of feeling like... Do, do you think that Do you think that the um, there's a feeling that the Conte era will be over shortly and that Kane is inevitably going to leave and we have to rebuild and restart again? And do you think that's where some of this has come from? That the, that they, that the fans from on Twitter and elsewhere, or just Spurs fans... Feel like this is our big opportunity, and it, we're not. It's not being realised with the performances on the pitch. Jack, hundred percent. Like we're, we're towards like if you think about it, we're coming toward the end of like we've added some like good young players, Kulusevski, Romero, and that. But still, there's three major players in Lloris, Son, and Kane that are coming to the end, and that's that's a lot of money or a lot of time to replace those three, and you can't really have any. Yeah, I think the board are changing their ways a bit. We are starting to spend a bit more money, but I don't have any full faith that we're going to drop two, three hundred mil that it would cost to replace those three. Really, realistically speaking, so to to a degree, like punching at the level that we are now, we could be coming towards the end of that because I could, Conte ain't going to be here for more than two years, is he? Kane, I, I don't see Kane signing the new contract. I just no. I don't see a world in which he does it. I, there's nothing in it for him. There isn't. What, He's, what, he can leave Spurs and go anywhere, you know, and win. What, what, what do you make of that situation, Rick? The Kane situation. He's he's got what 18 months left on his contract, more or less. Yeah, um, for for me, I think it's uh, it's linked to Conte. I think if Conte signs, he'll sign. Um, and I just think he's so close to that Shearer record that he just won't let it lie. I don't think, but and I don't think he'll go to another Premier League club to fulfill the Premier League goals. I and think... I th- I think he's 30. I think his family settled. I think he's settled within the club, but he just wants to see 
um, ambition from the club and know that they've got a, a world-class manager to drive them forward. And I think probably, um, he, he, you know, Conte will be saying things behind the scenes as to say, like, he's already, there's already like little uh, snippets in the media of Conte saying, you know, we've got seven players in and we got the Champions League last season, but if you think we are anywhere near the top two at the moment, you know, you're sadly mistaken. This is going to take two or three windows windows for for us to even get anywhere near that. So him, Conte speaking about that and looking towards the future and stuff like that, um, that does make me feel uh, more positive. And I think, you know, how many games have we played in the league so far? Six or something? Uh, eight, I think. Have we? Oh, I thought we should know this. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't matter. But it's it, you know, it's a handful in in speaking about h- how we're feeling. Six, like yeah. it's half it's halfway through the season or something like that. And our players, like they have so many, like Son and Kane, have been devastating over the seasons. Uh, last like what two, three seasons. And at the moment, it's just not clicking for it's not clicking for both of them. Um, and Son is having a bit of a stink, and we'll probably chat about that later. Mm. But it's like when that does start to click, then and we start scoring goals freely, then it will be, it will, you know, it's going to be a totally different conversation. And I, I just think Conte is still trying to work out. Um, his best team not not his best team but how he's trying to fit everybody in and once we get there and we pick up some momentum and we kind of know how uh we're playing how we're attacking and how everything's gonna kind of settle down i think we'll see a different tottenham but you know we've just signed like seven players so we're still juggling that We, we we've now got the champions league which is an extra pressure so we're juggling that. Well, a lot, a lot, Rick. A lot, a lot of people have been. Um, I say a lot of people. The 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 reaction, the questions we've been getting, and, and what you read on Twitter. If you want to spend your time doing that, and inevitably because we do the podcast, Twitter throws up so many suggested posts. It's infuriating to me because I don't want to read all of these things. And not not even just talking about football, about anything. Like it seems to throw up posts that really annoy me and the amount of suggested topics that I've X, like just said do not suggest anymore is unreal so you actually hear it all the time but a lot of them are starting to question Conte and question these what he's doing in terms of substitutes and why he won't drop Emerson Royale or Hummin Son why does Hoy be, why is Basuma not in the squad what 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 do you think like about like whether or not like what, 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 what is it that we that, that Conte needs to do differently to placate to placate these people? Well, um, I think it's a, obviously it's a tough job, and when when you've got a world class manager like Conte, you don't really like. For me, I don't really want to um, out and be coming out and saying this, that, and the other because I want him to stay. I want him to stay. F- for a long time, and I know, I know he can he can win us something. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's wrong that you don't question a manager. You know, what's, we're, we're, what's he done at the wrong end of the day? We're eyes, all football Rick. fans. 
Yeah, of um, course. We were having opinions. So, it doesn't yeah, mean anything. It, it doesn't, yeah, exactly. We're, you know, what, what, what do we know? Um, yeah. I would like uh, one thing that has been really, um, it has been giving me the needle a bit is uh, I really was excited to see Spence. And I'm just a bit kind of at a loss as to why he hasn't been given more game time. Okay, he's come from the championship. He is a very young player. He's one for the future. Conte said he's a you know he's a club signing, not his signing, but you know, I think he would still be used anyway. But even if we erase Spence, why hasn't Doherty played? I know he's been injured a bit, but there have been plenty of times where I thought Doherty could have come in. And well, I, in, I just in, I just in, think um... Just to answer that, because there is he Conte has directly answered this this um, that the question that was put to him by by a reporter about Doherty, and and he's saying that his injury was significant, and he and this bearing in mind this is a guy who spends eighty hours a week probably with his players or or whatever it might be, he spends more more time than than we, and it's good, like you said, it's it's, it's fine to ask the question, but he said he's because of the injury, he's not the player that he was last year. So if he isn't the player, and you have to trust Conte's judgment, then you can't put him in just because Emerson Royale isn't performing the way that everyone wants him to do. And by the way, Emerson Royale isn't performing badly. He's, I think he's become... I agree with that. I'm glad you said that. All right. Sorry. No, go, Jake, go. I just I agree. I just I think that most of the complaints have been about his, his attacking prowess, right? Or lack thereof. He's playing all right. Like, Everything I else he him. does brilliantly, I think. Yeah. He, well, not brilliantly is a lot, but he, he plays well. He, he he does everything Conte's asking him to do up until the point where he he has to deliver. But even that is, I think it's overstated. His delivery is, is, is not as bad as people think. He's miles better than Serge Aurier ever was. And I see, I keep seeing people say Serge Aurier would be better in this team. Would he fuck? The guy was a disaster. Like, it was an absolute disaster. I, didn't, like, I don't Emerson think he'd be horrible in a disaster. Team. Emerson Morel's just a bit meh at times. Do you know what I mean? That's that's his biggest crime. Like uh, for me, it's um, the way like Conte system. The the wing backs have to do a lot uh, as well as defensive and uh, uh, and attack. Whereas uh, you know, I don't have any stats uh, to hand. Surprise, surprise. We don't need stats. But, we but, just say uh, stuff. But we <laughs> just say stuff. Right, I'm good at that. Go oh, the extra inch, fella. All right. Uh, yeah. With uh, Royale, um, he's goal contribution assists. Um, I don't think there's any there. And then on the flip side, you've got Perisic, where he's got at least two assists that I can, that I can remember, and even Cesc has sc- scored. So he's the, got three. You know, he's got three assists, uh, Perisic. Uh, this is what we would, what I would expect, and what Conte would expect from how he plays and how his system works. So, if you do have someone on the right, like Royale or whoever, they need to be chipping in with assists, goals, uh, linking up play better. Um, and if Royale isn't doing that, then that is a huge detriment to the attacking side of yeah. our team, yeah. and we are more reliant on. Son on Kane and Kulisevsky because we're not going to get those goals from Bentancourt and Huibier, um because of the positions they play. But I will like to say that Huibier last season, I was um, hugely appreciative of, of his role in the team, but I just felt he didn't contribute goals or assists and he just didn't look like when he received the ball that he knew how to play it forward. And this season... Just and being at the tail end of last season, 
under Conte, he has scored, he has assisted, and he is playing some delightful forward balls. So, yeah, you know, he, he's the, the wheels are moving with Hoybier and the way he's playing. And I just think that I, I would expect it to have seen a bit of improvement under Royale. But I'm not going to, I won't use him as a scapegoat. But I, I will say, the other th- the, I know they are. And a lot of the other things as well, going back to the original question, was about what is it about people could be um, a little bit peeved with Conte is uh, substitutions. And I think either they're too late or not enough. And in the Prem, you know, we can have like five five substitutions. Been, been saying this for years, though, about every coach we've ever had. Pochettino, the same. Fucking make the subs then. Yeah, but that it's the easy, it's the most go-to thing that a fan can say is, well, he doesn't make the right subs, and then he makes the right, he makes the sub early, and when it has no impact, impacts on the game, no one going, oh well, the sub was too early. No one says that. The easiest thing for a fan. Well, I we said something on the Patreon podcast, the five statement, uh, the preview podcast we've done for the Leicester game. Is do you remember? There's two things where fans are on mass at Spurs were calling for Bale to play on the left he won Champions League's not playing on the left um, and Troy Parrott to be given a go under Mourinho played him for half an hour and you realise Jesus he's nowhere near ready it's it's I get it I get it comes from a place of frustration and the game is there may be games where you feel like he needs to change it and he doesn't but it, it just feels like if you hit, you hit, when you've hit, heard that that excuse or that that slight at a manager as good as Pochettino is and as good as Conte is, that maybe maybe they know better and maybe it's just fans because they're frustrated needing to say something to get the negative feeling outside of, out of their chest and into the ether that they that they go to things like cliche things like saying he doesn't make subs at the right time, like. Ericsson, terrible corner taker because he never... I mean, Ericsson was a terrible corner taker, actually, Awful. I think. Awful. He was terrible. That's a bad example. But my, my dad, a good, a, good, a, good, a good example is my dad saying Son is like the worst corner taker he's ever seen. He's just got that idea in his head and he's now playing it out. And playing it out from the back is the terrible way to go. Oh, I don't know. Um, so are you saying that you think Jed Spence is shit then? Bab, is I'm that what it saying is, that Jed Spence... Last year is a championship player, and you can't. You think expect... it was disrespectful when he tweeted Neil Warren at the picture of the cigar, and you don't want players like that in our shirt. Is that what you're saying? I feel like you're. I'm being gaslit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he's got an attitude problem. If that's the next thing you're going to say, uh, I, I, I think that we need to be patient with him, and that he played well for a Forest team that was so cohesive and so brilliant under Steve Cooper and what he built from them being bottom of the table, a team that included Jed Spence, a squad that included Jed Spence. They were bottom of the table of the champ- of the championship after, was it 14 games? It was something mental, maybe less than that. But And then they, they, they went from that position to you know, being um, promoted. That, Jed Spence benefited from that complete massive size. The tide that rides, rises all boats. That's what that's what Steve Cooper was. Every player in that Nottingham Forest side improved under him. 
And Jed Spence was excellent in that. But he it was a championship campaign. It's completely different to Spurs. So to, to expect him, and which it seems like, or, or, or fans just want to experiment, like this isn't working, Emerson Real isn't working. He's not, not working. He's just not delivering balls into the box in the way that, fuck it, I can't think of a right back. Maybe Trippier would have done, right? It, that, it doesn't mean everything, every part. There's so many bits to Emerson Royale's game that requires him to be excellent in order for him to get into the position where he can even cross that he does consistently well, game in, game out. That, that, that To say that a, 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 a complete novice in Jed Spence could do better than him is just reactionary, in my opinion. And that's that's... That's why I think. That's why I get a bit frustrated. But just throw Jed Spence in because we haven't seen him. Maybe he'll be better. That's not the way we want Conte to manage our team. You don't no, want Conte. You don't just get him in there. <laughs> See you what don't... happens, mate. See what happens. You never know. Just get no, him in there. You don't win leagues. Give him fifteen. Price. Give him fifteen minutes. You never you, know, mate. You, you don't win it. You end. sounding like a. You sound like a triggered gammon. That's all, mate. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't win anything by just seeing what happens. And Ricky, you know that's almost been a mantra of our relationship. Yeah. Let's just do it, see what happens. But in this instance, <laughs> this is why I'd never want to be a manager of Tottenham Hotspur because I would throw Jen Spence in there just to see what happens. But it, there's much more to it that's much more complex. I think, um, uh, uh, sorry, just to, to go on uh, uh, another of uh, the the questions around... Not questions around Conte, really, but it's about um, people being dropped. Son, for instance, or you have a player like Kulisevsky who has assisted how many, scored how many, and he's the full guy for Richarlison coming in. Um, Many people would have said it's probably Son that needs to step aside where Richarlison should be taking his place. And as you've seen... Kulisevsky, when he came on against Sporting and when he came on against... Who was the match before? Fucking, I can't remember. It was but, Fulham. Uh, he made a massive difference when Kulisevsky came on, just driving, carrying the ball. He was just a, an absolute nightmare for, for both of those defences. Yeah, and that's what, op- what opened it up. So, yeah. Well, why, uh, why, why is he not dropping Son? Is I guess where your question is it. Yeah, will what, he what? ever? Will it? Will he drop Son? What would, would, he, what would you... he drop Kane? Would he drop? I don't know. What would Rick? What... It's some of these. Some of the um, frustrations that um, I'm seeing, uh, and don't... I also f- feel as well. But then again, like like you're saying, maybe reactionary. Like you know, Son what? just ma- good managers play players back into form, or yeah, is it? Or, or is it that? Uh, um, I don't know. We slightly adapt the uh, instead of playing the three, it's more of a two, like Kane and Son, with Kulisevsky being <coughs> more of a creator behind. I don't um, know. Well, I mean, Jack, what do you what do you think make of the Son situation? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's getting a bit. I, I saw today like somebody put out um, a load of his stats compared to like previous seasons, and their point was basically like. Stop seeing what you want to see. He's playing fine. It's just not happening for him. But, you know, I'm not one of these people that's completely against stats. I think they have their place. I don't think they are kind of like, they're twofold, right? They're, they're kind of, they're half of the argument. The eye test isn't completely invalid either. And mm. Son just isn't passing that at the moment, is he? Like, and it's, 
I don't think Kane is either. And this is the thing. People are always quick to say, like, why aren't you digging out Kane as well? He's, you know, he's... He's got five and back, six, though. That's, exactly. And that's Kane's, the difference between Kane's them. scoring goals. Kane's scoring, at, but tappings, headers, headers from, like, five yards. Like, it's... That, that is the difference, is, is that Kane, Son's 18 attempts this season haven't hit the back of the net. And this is a player that's always outperformed his XG. Now he's underperforming it. People are saying he's not good enough. He's not playing so badly that he's not in position to get shots off. He's just not finishing in the same way that he did previously. And I'm, I, I, I've got a question for you guys. Do we or should we never offer a player going through a poor form an element of loyalty that he's shown us by signing a new contract when Kane was out the door because now he's playing poorly. There are a lot of Spurs fans saying, get him out of the team. And then Conte saying, well, you'd imagine he's saying, or in his brain he's thinking, we've just got to let him play through this. As Spurs fans, given the fact that he's given us so much and has signed that new contract, Shouldn't we allow him to play himself out of this funk, even if he is in one? And yeah, just... I mean, I've, I've, sorry, no go. I've been saying it. Yeah, I've been saying it for the sort of top end of the season. You know, it's outside my sort of my personal values. The way I kind of read the situation is that exactly what you said there. We owe Son. We do owe him because he's given one to us. But you know, the the other side, and it's not even what I think. I'm just kind of seeing the way sort of other people would frame this is that maybe that's the problem with Tottenham. There's too much sentiment there. You know, yes, Son's done a good job for us, but Son's been a professional athlete getting paid a good salary to perform for us. Seven that's million why pounds he's, a year, that's what he's getting. Uh, you know, and as soon as that's not working, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a kind of, it's not a youth club that we're running. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a Sunday league kind of little league team. <laughs> Where we've got to give everyone a chance and everything like that. Like, he's, I don't, I don't, know, I don't really know why I said a youth club. I've, yeah. I've, fucking, I've just turned to my fucking dad today. I don't know why. Yeah, but that's, you're, you're, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he's fine. What he's doing is, isn't to the level that he has performed for the last four seasons, but he will get there. And will he, though? I will think he, he will. Is, and, is and there I, any guarantee I, that he will? I think I, I I think undoubtedly he I think he will still score fifteen to twenty goals this season. Imagine and he fall, he falls off a cliff like he, like he never comes like back. Jack says he never comes back. He just he signed the contract. He knew that he's injured. He's got a problem, undiagnosed. Some sort of actually I don't, it doesn't matter. But some sort of some something that happens to him that, that um you know do you know how the fucking how how much change this podcast is uh... because I would have definitely said what was in my brain ten years ago and society's become so fucking woke that I can't say what I want to say anymore because someone might cancel me. Anyway, he I, I still think our best front front three is Kulisevsky, Kane, and Son, and I want to see that against Leicester. Not that yeah. there's nothing against Richarlison. Richarlison's been fantastic since he's come in. His energy, his goal, his work rate is brilliant. But I want, I want to see Son. I want to see Kane and Kulisevsky on the right. I want us to, to to return to what we saw towards the end of last season. I think the frustrations and difficulties that Conte is facing currently, and the reason why we're not playing so well, is something you just said, Jack. Is that Kane and Son? I, there, there's no, there's very little cohesion. It's all, it's almost like they've been. They've worked out that Kane is super effective when he drops and that they've just gambled. Teams are gambling on 
crowding him out because he, he gets no time on the ball, whereas previously he would get loads. But they'll find a way through it because they're quality players. I think just allow those those free to play and use Richarlison as an impact sub at the moment is what I, I would do, Rick. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I, and with Kulisevsky, I think he's just that much more different than Kane and Son, that he brings a different dimension to the type of player His he crossing is. is unreal. And he's Richarlison... He's unbelievable. He's a magnificent player. A magnificent yeah. player. I can't believe we got him. I, honestly, Juventus must be fucking kicking themselves. Well, I've said be. this many times. He, the, my Italian mate, which has become a running joke, <laughs> but he is my mate and he is from Italy. Um... He said, he said that, and I've said this so many times, but he said we're having our pants pulled down by Kulisevsky and Bentancur. And look, uh, Bentancur is a, a good player and definitely Premier League level. But, but Kulisevsky's ceiling is, is huge. It's so high. I mean, Bentancur's kind of doing for us what, I guess, Lo Celso did for Villarreal, right? Like, he's good. He looks, he looks like an actual footballer now. But Kulisevsky, man, like, that's like us fucking, I don't know, that's like I was selling Harry Winks and him turning into Iniesta. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's just yeah. It's... yeah. <clears throat> another one, another one that that people have been calling for is for Basuma to take over from Bentancur. And the reason why <clears throat> you know that Bentancur is a player is because of, or at least understands his role, is because uh, because of Conte's comments. He's he, in the press conference when they were previewing Leicester. He said, uh, this is quite long, so bear with me. The only player that is struggling a bit uh, with the tactical aspect is Basuma. But also he's improving a lot in every aspect. So I'm sure when we start again and play 12 games, for sure he is another player I can count on. But I try to take the best decision for the player because I want to protect the player. At the same time, I want to protect the team and everybody. For sure, we know very well that we will start again to play 12 games in one month. You have to be ready. You have to be ready because I need all my players. Also, the midfielder is is a, the midfielder is a specific role for us with the ball and without the ball. It's not simple. I ask for some moments, some positions. They have to be, they have to be a point of reference in every moment of the game. The midfielder, for sure, to go into our idea of football is maybe the most difficult position. But we are talking about a player that has a great skill, good running. And with the ball, he is really good. Defensively, he has to pay more attention and more attention because especially we only have two midfielders and then they have to be good with the ball and without the ball. And I'm really, really happy with his signing. Um, it just shows you how much thought is going into it. Like People are just saying, well, but Ben Tancor hasn't been everything I wanted him to be. But Bentham Core is being everything that Conte wants him to be in his system tactically. But Basuma isn't ready yet and he's trying to protect the player. That, to me, is a good coach, good manager. He, in, in, in a time where fans are calling for a player to be brought in, he's protecting the player, as he said. I'm protecting Basuma because he's an important player, he's an important signing for Spurs. But he isn't ready. And then you might think, well, he was ready for Brighton. But he's asked to do something completely different, different football club, different expectations. Um, there, there was a bit of that quote um, <laughs> when I read it. Like, uh, like um, he needs to improve tactically, but he's doing all right in everything else. Or, or he's improving in, in, in his other skills. 
And I was thinking, what other skills? Like, put, like what is he doing? It's just like designing technology, textiles, <laughs> like it's just flower arrangement. Like, I just want to know. Just imagine they've got him doing different, not even press up, related press to football. Just, yeah, just, just doing loads of random shit just to make him a better rounded person. <laughs> He's a... Uh... I, I was uh, he was the most excited of all, all of our signings he was he was the one I was most excited for but if Conte, what did, what did you what did you make of that of those those comments jack did that infuse you or did you know what what, what did you make of those i don't really know i i, I don't I, you know i don't really want to sort of view everything skeptically i just i sort of tend to think like with in terms of Basuma even with Emerson Royale, all of it, that Conte really, he's hes a pragmatic conservative manager, right? This is the thing at the end of the day. People can sort of say, <coughs> it's, sort of, it's, it's what we're talking about at the top, right? Like, we're getting annoyed. People are getting annoyed, basically because Tottenham aren't playing pretty football. But this is, this. we knew this is the pack. This is the but, deal we made with the We with did the devil, towards right? the end of last season. It was very good. Very good football. We were scoring goals. Yeah, it was it was all right, but it was also Kane and Son and Kulisevsky were amazing. Just tearing it up, yeah. So it's it's like this. I don't think the system has fundamentally changed. Like we we're saying, it's those three players. Kulisevsky isn't getting played, and Kane and Son just aren't at it. So the system can accommodate players being exceptional. I don't think like people saying, "Oh, his Chelsea team didn't play like that," but that Chelsea team had a player like Eden Hazard in there that could work magic for them. You know, they were still a robotic, functional team. And that's what we are now. And I just, I feel that like, you know, there may be sort of concerns about the players' welfare or whatever, but ultimately, like, Conte sort of, he, he makes this pretty clear. Like, he's not, he doesn't do any, much stuff out of like compassion or heart or to be kind of like kind or benevolent. He does it because he wants results. He wants mm. to win games and he doesn't want to lose games. And that's why we play this concept. Like, he knows he can't just spend... Look, really, let's be honest. We know we've needed a new left centre-back. We wanted Bastoni. Didn't happen. Got long lay on loan. Whatever. We'll see. I don't know. A lot of people want to upgrade on Eric Dyer. I sort of, I, I'm of the opinion that it's going to cost you about £100 million to upgrade Eric Dyer. Like, I don't, he's not a two-bob defender. He might be upgradable, but he's still a good player. He's still a solid sort of defensive option. It's going to cost you a lot of money to get better than him. You've got Romero, obviously great, but... In terms of the left, right wing back, yeah, we we definitely or everything I'm saying about Romero, it'd be great if we had somebody as good as Reese James, though. Do you know what I mean? And on the left wing back, Perisic, free transfer, but he's 33, 34. He's not going to be there forever, so that's a problem that needs to be solved at some point down the line. But he knows he hasn't got the money to just sort of overhaul this kind of defensive unit in one season or one transfer window. So in my mind, he's going to play a team and a system that is least likely to lose matches and that's that's the priority it's about not losing games as opposed to going out and winning with a flourish hopefully that part comes later that comes further down the line but at the moment we've got to keep this base established and like you were saying the tail end of last year we were winning games with a flourish when when our let's be honest world-class enviable front three we're firing. They're just not at the moment. I don't exactly. And it's only know if it's much of... deeper than that. Honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't think it is. It, yeah, I agree with you, Jack. I don't think it is much deeper than that. They those players will come good. Kane has scored five in six and in the Premier League, and and um, you know we we we're, we're on this podcast for, for you know for 
we're fair in our assumptions that there's parts of his game that are not as good as it was previously. But he, in terms of his movement and his understanding of the game, it's as good as it has ever been because he's been in the right place at the right time consistently through through the the first six games of the season. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. Well, if 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 Kane and Son click, then there this is a completely different conversation next pod. But uh, this is the nature of nature of football. Did, did boys? Did you ever see? Did you see the tweet and it got picked up by F three six five? This guy, this Italian journalist called Bergigia, uh talking about uh, Juventus potentially wanting Conte to return, and the, and the fact that. But his direct quote was: "If the management at Juve manages manages to resist the temptation to kick Allegri out." By keeping him until the end of the season, then they will. Then he can go straight for Conte. They will go straight for Conte, who can't wait to return. And for this reason, he is not renewing with the British. This is a guy who has forty thousand followers, less than the podcast, and uh, this has been picked up by major news outlets. What do you? What do you? It sounds like bollocks. What like Conte hasn't signed a new contract. He he has. Well, I don't. I'm not even sure we've offered him one. It might be a rolling contract. I know there's an extra year so that he can just fall into next year without them having to negotiate. So, um, what, what do you, do you he, think, he, Ricky? He hates cool. Juventus, doesn't he? I, I don't know. Does he? What, what makes you say that? I just thought he fell out with the board. I don't know. Just that quote. It sounds like it sounds like it's one step removed from that old. <laughs> like he's going to say at the end of it that you know Conte's going to walk out and let the world. <laughs> Tell the world what what a cunt Levy is. What was what was the quote there? Remember the one you always used to pick up on the Mourinho. Oh, what's going to yeah. let everybody know? Yeah, yeah. That was that, what was that? That was I can't remember what it was. It, it, it some we, journalist we, or something. Wasn't it? I what don't. Was it? I don't even. I can't remember. But there was like a this a bloke. I think it was a journalist on Twitter, and they were saying that there was some language inside the statement or, or the perceived conversation that had been happened happened between this journalist and Jose Mourinho. And some of the language inside this was that uh, Jose Mourinho was just waiting for the moment to expose what a cunt Daniel Levy was. <laughs> and this is this expose sort of, Levy for the cunt that he is. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. 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 Fuck those, mate. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Anyway, this geezer has, you know, he ha- he's not got significant influence, but I think he's going. The fact that these his tweet got picked up by um, like legitimate news outlets in the UK that you can expect him to continue this tirade because it'll help him grow his social media account. Um, okay, let's move to a couple of questions before we'll end. Um, uh, Rose Gold says one player who from our last starting eleven has been selected as interim king of the UK. They will serve for two years, during which they won't be eligible to play football. Who would you select, select to rule? Think of the state of the nation in addition to the state of the team. I've got one man in my in my mind. You're uh, thinking of Lucas Moura, aren't you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Could you imagine the, that is throwing the fucking... What is it? The, what would you throw amongst pigeons to fuck them up? Cat. Throwing the cat amongst the pigeons. 
Uh, no, I, I, to lead the UK nation, I, I don't. I wouldn't. I, de- I definitely wouldn't have Lucas Moura. What I it, well, what I, what who, I who's the most for? regal of the Spurs Spurs outfit? Do you think? Come on, we all must be thinking the same player. I, not well, Harry okay. Kane. It's not Harry Kane. Right, okay. Eric I'm Dyer going, would be a good yeah, I'm going Eric, Eric Dyer. Dyer. Yeah, Eric yeah, yeah. Dyer, yeah. Yeah, like he's he's a strong the, like, the national anthem, imagine it before games has gotta be I love Eric Dyer. <laughs> like like if you I don't, Eric Dyer loves But Rick, all the people all, all the all the like pomp and splendor, all the all the trumpets and shit we've seen for the past few days. People singing that like politicians, straight face, having to sing it in I love Eric. <laughs> Eric Dyer loves me. Uh, Ricky, if Eric Dyer, I know your daughter. You know, I mean, you, you and you're not at the position where you're thinking about boyfriends for the daughters, right? Right. Yeah. But if when they're <laughs> if they're 20 years old and they bring Eric Dyer back, given the man he is, you've listened to the High Performance podcast with Jake Humphries. Yeah. Definitely, he's, yeah. He's a, like, he's a, what would you be? You wouldn't be annoyed if Eric Dyer turned up at your front door and went, Ricky. Sorry, is it Ricky or Richard? Ricky. Ricky. I'm oh, sorry, Rick, Ricky. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, you know, I, I really love your daughter, and I, I think I want to marry her. What, what would you be disappointed? No, not at all. He's like, uh, like you said, uh, good looking. He's he, he he come across really well on. That uh, high performance podcast. I think he is studying or has studied uh, a degree or masters or something like that. Um, he's got his own. He's, he's on the grind of his own little business. Is it Spotlass? Yes, yeah, the uh, sort of some sort of like food app. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, kind of like restaurant recommendations or something like that. Yeah, he seems like he's got his head screwed on. He seems like a nice guy. Um, and he's he's had that bit of a cultured upbringing in Portugal, so yeah, yeah, fucking why not, mate? Yeah, I'd, I'd welcome him with uh, good lad, open good arms. Lad. What about Stefan Dalmat? What if he turned up? Bearing in mind he's fifty-four. <laughs> Boys, could you remember? Do you remember how excited we were about Stefan Dalmat on the on no, the old? He scored that one banger, didn't he? As Everton, I, I can't remember. Just flew, just used to guide past people. Uh, Stefan Dalmat is the. Chinned him, didn't he? I don't know, but uh, Stefan Dalmat was the best player we we ever had that was totally shit. Yeah, you know I mean, he's just he what, had what about everything. Crazy legs. Who's crazy? Adele. To rap. Yeah, I mean, he had everything as well. He 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 was he when, when do you remember he came on for his cameo against West Ham and he was just like he let like like you say his legs were everywhere but he was just flying past players like they weren't even there. Incredible player. Um, he's still playing now, isn't he? He's playing at Benfica. It, but they released yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, they he's released like a him. DM now. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. But they they released him. He's a free transfer apparently. I mean, uh, you get him on a free. Marcus Edwards. I mean, like. How how did you uh, feel about his uh, performance? And he he was good, really good, really really intelligent with his dribbling, and um, the fact that he's leading the line in the Champions League from leaving Spurs without with playing twenty minutes, you know, is, is just shows how. And the fact that he went to was it Victoria in 
in in Portugal and then to go to one of the biggest teams. It's like it's effectively going to, you know, Liverpool or Manchester United, yeah. someone like that. Um, and then to lead the line in the Premier in 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 the Champions League, you just got to look at it and go that he was always going to be a player. I thought he was, I thought he was good, really good. And at he, like against Frankfurt, he was incredible. Um, you know yeah, what though, like he's he's older than Kulusevski, and he's not yeah, as good right. as Kulusevski. Well, I mean, and he's doing that. He's leading the line for Lisbon. We've got Kulusevski. I just think we're both in a good place. I think it's worked out well for everyone. So you, you, you're 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 at the you're the really mature position of being like like happy uh, for your your ex missus. Yeah, yeah, I was about find, to say that. Amazing. Finding another bloke, with a smaller dick than than you've got. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. Um, all right, he final seems question. Nice. <laughs> with his limp handshake. Good. <laughs> What, a, lamp, a handshake and it's that, non-threatening persona yeah, but fundamentally last Tuesday he slapped a dick across your face <laughs> are you still happy um, let's let's finish on this from uh, Reb um, if you were a condom which Spurs play, which Spurs player's penis would you might, most likely to be used on <laughs> wow that is um... so your 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 complete entity is a, a condom and right. you're going to be wrapped around a Spurs fans member. I'm just, I keep getting a fucking phone call from Ireland, like five on the bounce. This like is a bit like, it. um, you remember, Pri- or King Charles, I should say now. Do you remember his dirty message to Camilla saying that he wanted to be reincarnated as one of her tampons so he could stay inside her all day? That, that's not what? true. That is not true. You can't, Mate, I mean, look it up. Is this the it week is... to do it on? Is this the week to make that joke? It's not a joke. It's, it's not a joke. It's, it's, it's a factual reporting of What a mental event. thing to say to your missus. Imagine if you'd said anything <laughs> as mental as that. I bet she looks at that and went, yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah, go on then, go on. I'm going to freak myself off after that text message. <laughs> Who found that text message? How did they get it? <laughs> the Daily Mail got it, obviously. Yeah, probably Piers. What was it? News of the World, wasn't it? They were the ones tapping everyone's phones and shit. All right, which dick would you write the question? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, if you if you're a condom, you've got one purpose: protect and serve. Yeah, protect and serve. But and you you wouldn't want to be kind of like a a Johnny and then have a a small penis because you'd be baggy, you'd be useless. I don't know. Don't who's gonna who am I gonna go with? I might go Eric Dyer again, you know. Because remember (laughs) that picture? That picture actually was it? Um. When I can't remember what team was it. Was it Sporting? It may have been some, yeah, yeah, sporting. Uh, sporting yeah, lads. Yeah, and he put, he and he put had like those a truncheon they... down his pants, or his cock is that big. Yeah, exactly. Those grey jogging bottoms. It looked like a, a baby's arm was in his did, jogging bottoms. Did you see like, Jan Vertonghen commented on it, saying, like, you look very happy to see your old <laughs> yeah, friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be a Johnny around that, please. <laughs> you just want to be stretched over a member. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna, if you have to be a condom, you want to be over something handsome, don't you? Like big. But all right, I've got a question for you. Do you want to be used viciously, or do you want to be used gently? You want to enjoy the ride. You don't want to be ripped. 
So I'm gonna say gently and kind. Yeah, and lovely. Yeah, yeah. All love making should be. Would be Larissa would be like silky. I think he's. I think he's got. He's Larissa has got quite big dick energy. So I think he's got a sizable, sizable member, and I think he would kind of use it in a really sophisticated but firm fashion. So I think but it would be best of both worlds. Insist he wears his goalkeeping gloves at all times. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. I think that is a good position to uh, a good place to end. Uh, I want to say thank you to Jack and uh, go and listen to your podcast, which is called. But don't fucking neg me, mate. Don't try and I'm do not. this peacock I... shit. You know it's called Roll the Roast. Right? No, 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 I don't do. do know. Oh, no, I'm giving you an opportunity. Dave. <laughs> I'm giving you an opportunity here, mate. Actually, you text me in in, in a week congratulating me for my wedding, and just just to make it clear that you wasn't congratulating the podcast and congratulating for the wedding, you made it clear through WhatsApp. So that was my it rebuttal. Was, well, it's because you because you posted that day that your your James podcast was number one, and so I yeah, said congratulations, that... mate. And then I didn't think I didn't want you to think it was. Me congratulating you for something like that when you just gotten married. So I was just saying, just you know, congratulations on the wedding, by the way, not that, the podcast. That Fuck is your podcast. Um, <laughs> that 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 is a little. I mean, it's amazing that we managed to get it to number one, the James and Flav for now podcast. But what what we actually did was we sort of gamed the system. We got everybody to unsubscribe and resubscribe and listen to just keep the podcast playing on mute. And then, <clears throat> and then leave a review. If you do that, you gain the algorithm, and then you end up being above Jake Humphrey's high performance podcast and <laughs> and Peter Crouch's podcast. So while it was, we're not there on merit. We we've gained the system like Manchester City, but fuck it, it's funny. It's a fucking it great podcast. For... It's a good podcast. Do you think it worked for me and my ten listeners on Roll the Roost? Yes. I mean, I mean, what do you want me to say? Let's try it. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it. I'll give it a go. I'll, I'll definitely uh, have a listen. That's you, me, Ricky, and my mum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. We've gone for gonna... a fucking podcast about making a mum joke as well, Ricky. Yeah. Uh, do, do you know what? There, were, there, were, there was a prime opportunity. Um, what was that? And I, and I was, go- I was going to go. I was going to go for it, but I thought, do you know what? I've, I've what grown. Was it? Can you remember what the prime opportunity was? Oh, uh, it was something to. I'm just going to set you up again, and it's going to come back in my face. No, like I do with your mum. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. <laughs> Look, people never to never should let go of the, your mum jokes. Like that's they, the staple of what our upbringing. I'm not sure kids do it now. If, Jack, do you think that there are ten year old kids going like your, your mum does backflips under the bed because she's so short? <laughs> uh, they're all too woke now. They're they're just discussing kind of. You know, woke things. Yeah, my daughter say. I'm, my, I'm my just committed say, to being a gammon. That's it. Like you know, you say one sort of naughty things, do they? Yeah, well they they say it because they always hear me say it to my missus about her mum. So they just so my youngest just says your mum to everything. That like, doesn't really understand the context. I love but it. Then my, my oldest will say about it, but it won't be like innuendos. Obviously, it would just be. Just something random and stupid. What, what was it though that you heard on, during the podcast that you wanted to? Can you remember? No. 
Oh, okay. All right, never mind. All right, that's been the Fighting Cop Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be out next week. Um, I'm not getting back from my honeymoon until Tuesday. So I probably won't have a podcast out maybe Thursday, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. But um, yeah, thanks for listening. Jack, thank you so much, mate. Okay. All the best. Network.